the Make Share Grow podcast. I'm artist Julie Marriott, and I created this podcast to share behind the scenes stories of art, craft, and the creative process. Hey guys, today's episode is a special question and answer episode. I asked my email subscribers and my friends on Instagram to send in different questions they had for me about art and my art business, and so I'm excited to be answering those on the show today. It also is, this episode is my very last episode of season two, so I'm going to be drawing it to a close, and before I started answering questions, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening and for all of the really kind shout outs and comments and messages I've received, especially on Instagram from all of you listeners. You've been so sweet and I'm really glad that the podcast has been inspiring to you in your own creative practices or even Um, inspiring you to want to start painting, which is really, really cool. So thank you so much for all of your kind words. It really means a lot. And it makes me excited to keep going with the podcast for season three. I don't have a plan yet for what the format for season three will be. If I'm going to um, keep doing interviews or doing solo shows or a mix or even what like the focus of the discussion will be. I'm really open. I want to keep it fun and each season may be a little bit different than the last one. So we'll keep it fresh for me and for you guys. So if you have any ideas, go ahead and send me an email or a message on Instagram. I'm curious what you would like to hear more of. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and dive into the questions. I got a good number of them, and I broke them into three different sections. So the first one is questions about my creative practice. The second section is questions about business. And then the third section is just for fun questions. So I'll answer those last. So the first section of creative practice questions I got several that were asking kind of a similar, um, they, they all sort of had a similar vibe, so I'm going to kind of group them. So Noah asked, how do you manage your time to create with your children? Any advice? How much time do you create per day? And then Crystal asked me if I painted or sketched every day. So I'll start out with the beginning of Noah's question, how do you manage your time to create with your children? Um, I would say that this is different now that I have had, um, now that we have two children and our youngest is just about four months old. So that, my days look a lot different now than they did when I just had like a three and a half year old and she was taking nice long naps and I would have bigger chunks of time. Right now, Um, it's looking like a lot of tiny little bits of time all kind of pieced together. It was that way when I just had our, when we just had our one daughter, but she would have longer periods of time where she would nap or she would play on her own. Now with a, basically a newborn, um, it's a lot of like shorter little bits of time. So usually it's during her nap times that I'll create and I will set my other daughter up with, something that she can do as well. And so like some sort of project like Play-Doh or sometimes I'll set her up on the kitchen floor and just have her paint while I'm painting. 
And that usually goes on for maybe a half an hour. Every once in a while, we'll have a longer stretch or we'll have like little shorter stretches. But honestly, some days I don't do any art at all. Some days I'll just think about like what I want to do the next time that I'm going to be starting or I'll brainstorm ideas or I'll just only like post an Instagram photo and write my caption and interact on Instagram and that will be like my art time for the day. Um, And so it really is kind of different now. I'm just creating a lot more slowly and that's okay. I just, I know that things will amp up as life evens out and the girls get a little bit older. So right now, um, I would say I don't paint and sketch every day. I generally will try to like at least three or four days a week, get some painting in and it's just like little bits and pieces. So now it takes me like three weeks to a month to finish one like medium sized painting. Whereas, you know, I could probably do like two or three in a month if I really push myself with, um, with just like one child before we had our baby. So it's looking a little bit slower, but that's fine. And as for advice with creating with children, I would say just just embrace the, the, um, the season that you're in and what you can handle in that season. Um, often I will think about like, oh, I want to do this really big project, but then I'll kind of think, okay, no, it's not really the right time because I don't have the right amount of space for it, or maybe the space that could fit that painting, the place in our house. I can't really be near the girls while I'm working in my studio. And so doing things that I can manage on the kitchen table while, um, you know, our baby is napping in her little bassinet and my other daughter is playing or painting or whatnot on the floor. Like I can be right there with both of them and feel like I'm doing a good job at painting and at being a mom. Um, I think that is, it's just important to think of what what kind of scale can you create at and what can you do in little bits of time? I can't do something that's really, really time intensive or techniques that require me to, you know, do, um, really long stretches of painting all at the same time. I have to do our, you know, paintings or sizes that it's okay for me to do little snippets. So for your life, if, If that just means creating small little paintings in a sketchbook, like a little small sketchbook and just doing one small page, a couple strokes in it every day to, you know, to kind of feel like you are still creating and still using your creative gifts um, while still being a mom, that is that I would just recommend that do whatever scale you can do at that time. Also, I am a big fan of just having my daughter do something independently while I am painting. So she likes to be near me, even if we're not doing the same thing together. So if she's not sleeping, she wants to kind of do be doing her project right next to me or near me on the floor. So I will just try to come up with some sort of thing that I know will keep her interested for a long time. So 
getting really practical. She loves playing with water and ice. She's four years old. She loves sitting on a on a beach towel with a bowl and a cup and a bunch of ice and a bunch of utensils from the kitchen. And she'll just go at it for as long as I will let her, like she will go for two hours playing like that. So she's really good at independent play. So she'll do that. Or I have set her up with watercolor paints and markers and cardboard. And I don't care what she does with that stuff. It's all on, you know, some sort of drop cloth. She can soak the markers in water and go crazy and paint. Um, Anything that I know that will take her a while that she's really interested in. And I just don't get worried about the mess. I will clean up the mess afterwards as long as I get some time to focus on my painting. Um, The other tip I would say is um, just pick a day that is going to be the art making day. It's really hard with young children to try to get out, get everybody ready to go out do errands, come home, get them fed, do all the house things, like make dinner, make a meal plan, all of that, and try to do art in the same day. So I will just try to set aside maybe one day we're staying home. And then each time the baby naps, I'm hopping back to the easel and I'm working on stuff. And then while she's awake, we're doing household things or we're all playing together. Um, So just that cuts down on frustration. I think just staying home all day and then just using all the little spare moments that I can to work on a project instead of having a really busy day and then really trying to squeeze art making in and then maybe it doesn't happen and then I'm frustrated because I was looking forward to it or the nap times don't align or whatever. So that's my other piece of advice is just um, maybe have an art making day, like even just once a week maybe, that that is your day that you're really going to focus on making it happen and having your kids... um, play or, um, you know, be at a babysitter's or whatnot um, so that you have some more dedicated chunks of time. Let's see. So our next question is from Crystal as well. She said, how do you stay inspired through completing a collection when inspiration changes so quickly? So I think this is a really interesting question. Um, Staying inspired through a collection, I think... I have to make sure that the concept that I'm working on, like the, uh, well, I guess that's the best way I could say it. The concept I'm working on for the collection, that's sort of the theme spanning the whole entire collection is interesting enough to me that I know that I can keep looking at it from different angles and having different variations to keep me interested through several different pieces. So if I was painting essentially the same image or something very similar each time, that would be hard for me to stay interested. But being that I have like an overarching collection idea, I can kind of go through variations on it. So I'll give you an example. The um, the collection that I'm working on right now, I'm calling my Secret Garden series, and it's just really um, my florals that I've been painting for a long time, but I am exploring them in a different way. So I'm making them look more like they're growing in a garden bed. And I'm trying some new techniques like drips and splatters and more texture on the canvas. And I'm trying out uh, some new painting uh, tools and materials. So I'm trying out Golden's fluid aqu- acrylics for the first time to get more of a drippy texture in some sections of the painting. And I'm also using 
um, oh, what is it called? It's the scraper tool that I have been talking about or my guests in my interviews have been talking about a lot. I'm blanking on the name right now, but it is, um, oh, it's the Catalyst tool. And it just has like a zigzaggy razor tooth sort of an edge. And you can scrape it over thick paint and it'll create lines and texture in it. And so I just have these ideas for sort of the vibe I want to go for or the new techniques or new um, types of flowers that I want to paint. And so I'll just stay inspired throughout a collection because I'm exploring all of these sort of new things. So I guess the best thing I could say is just have something general enough, like a general enough theme, but then have some the the theme will hold your collection together and then have some specific maybe new things that you're trying to focus on so that you can um you know keep interested and feel like you're learning and growing as you're working through the collection um i also if i have a totally different idea that's like completely different from the collection i'm working on right now i just keep a running list so i have a note on my phone that i have like new collection ideas. And I'll just start writing notes about what I want the feeling of the collection to be or the name of it or the subject matter or something. Like if I'm thinking, oh, I could combine these two ideas into a new series, I'll just write all of that down. And so I don't feel like I'm losing my good ideas. I'm just storing them up for when I can go ahead and like focus on them and give them good time. Because I feel like each of my collection ideas, I really want to flesh out and I want to live in and sort of sit in and experiment and play in for a while. And so I want to make sure I'm not just skipping all around um, because then I'll kind of be making one-off pieces and then they won't really kind of hang together and I won't have a lot of time to like, <laughs> for better or for worse, like get better at that idea. So that's that's my thoughts on inspiration with um, with collections. Um, then Scrappy Mama fourteen asked, "What do you do when you when what you create just isn't working out and the frustration kills your mojo?" Um, I guess I would say I kind of feel like that with each piece I go through, and usually it's that ugly middle part that we all feel like our pieces go through and we don't want to show photos of that section or that part of our painting because it just is so ugly. So I guess there are pieces that I've tried and that are just not working and I'll just set them aside and that will be that. I'll say like, good try. I'm going to start over. And then there's other times when I know that it like I haven't fully realized my idea. And so I have to keep pushing the piece through till it starts looking better. So often I'll get kind of in the middle part of a piece and I'll just be like, oh my gosh, I am not liking this piece at all. It's not appealing to me, but I know it's because not everything I want to be on the canvas is there yet. And it's like half of what I'm imagining is there. And it's just looking really bad because the other half isn't there yet. And then once I push through and add more and, you know, some things don't work and I have to like retry some areas um, and maybe paint over some things, I kind of like fight my way through it to the other side. Um, and that sounds a lot more like a lot, a lot more like combative and <laughs> stressful than what I'm really feeling through the piece. It's usually I'm just kind of curious, like I'm like, oh, okay, let's 
let's keep like pushing on and trying out new things. I'm usually not super frustrated when I'm working on on something that isn't working out. I'm just like, oh, okay, let's keep let's keep trying. And if it really isn't good, then let's just start again. Um, bummer, try again next time. <laughs> so um, I guess that's the best advice I have is like try to evaluate whether it's time to just start a new piece or whether your piece is just frustrating you because it isn't there yet, like you, if you need to keep pushing through. So yeah, that's my advice on that front. Um, Nita asked, can you describe more about surface design and how you got involved in it? So um, with surface design, I, I got involved in it because I... Now, let me think. Oh, I knew what it was. So I was in, the, like, the very beginning way I discovered about surface design is I was in a, a shop, and there was these beautiful floral decorated journals, and I picked one up, and I was like, oh, this is gorgeous. I flipped it over, and it actually had an artist's name on the back, and I thought, oh, that's so interesting. It's not a company's name. Like, it's big sort of impersonal brand. It's an actual artist, and I looked the lady up, and uh, she was a surface designer, and so I started researching it, and at that time, I don't feel like there was a lot of surface design education, like maybe three avenues online for learning about it. And so I um, got involved with Pattern Observer, and that's run by a gal named Michelle Fifus, and she is still out there. She's still running Pattern Observer. It's changed a lot since I've been there, and all for the better. It seems like she has been focusing so much so much effort on building a really wonderful education site for her students. So with monthly challenges and a membership service and all of that stuff. So um, she has offerings. And then also Bonnie Christine, I've taken a few of her um, Skillshare classes and I would really highly recommend her. She just launched a um, like a, a surface design membership site. I think it's called the... Um, Oh, it's a, it's an immersion course. I forget exactly what the name of it is, but if you Google Bonnie Christine, you can find her. Um, so I would say if you're interested in learning more, both of those uh, both of those sites, um, Pattern Observer and then Bonnie Christine. If you look up them, uh, if you look them up, they have a lot of information just about like free information about surface design and. Um, and you can learn so much about what you can do with it as a career. And then they both have really great education on it that you can pay for um, if you want to go deeper and start learning. But I would just look into them. So you asked, like, what is surface design? And it's essentially just any sort of surface you can imagine that has a pattern on it. It's created by a pattern, surface pattern designer. So those are some really good resources I would recommend you check out. Okay, so we're going to move into the business questions. So there were three that were similar. So I'm going to go ahead and read all three, and um, then I'll kind of give one big answer <laughs> to kind of answer these three questions. So um, Payalk asked, how 
how do you get business and commissions? Is it essential to be active on a social network? Crystal asked, where does most of your traffic for sales come from? And Manisha asked, um, what steps do I need to take in order to market my work? I have opened an Etsy shop to sell art prints. So when I'm talking about where my business and my commissions come from, just generally, my two main avenues are from Instagram and from word of mouth people that I know in person or have found me somehow in person. And so I would say that I found two those two avenues to be really important and they're both they both are beneficial and I think are are important for sort of a well-rounded art business that isn't all doesn't have all your eggs in one basket. So I've been thinking a lot recently and honestly I haven't found the perfect answer for how to not depend on Instagram so much for business. And I think a lot of us do that. Um, If you're a creative and you're on Instagram, it's so easy to pour a ton of time and effort into Instagram and put all of your eggs in the Instagram basket. And then maybe something happens, um, the algorithm changes, I don't know. It just feels like Instagram could quickly be taken away from you in a blink of an eye if it crashes or all your followers get deleted or, you know, something like that. Um, But I think it's really important to be active on Instagram and Facebook if Facebook is your thing. Um, I haven't really done Facebook a lot because I only have so much social media bandwidth and I like the Instagram vibe better. Um, But I think it's important to be on there and to have a really well-curated, beautiful presence on there, Um, as good of a presence and a good of a representation you can give your art on there is really important. But then I think cultivating other avenues of how to sell your work are is also important. And so I'm working on that right now in my business because I started out solely relying on Instagram and now I'm trying to branch out a little bit. Um, So I would say a lot of my commissions come from Instagram and a lot of commissions or like about 50% come from Instagram and 50% are from friends and family and then other people who just have randomly found out about me, um, either from something like a physical, um, like selling, uh, market that I've done. And I've really only done one, but I got several sales and commissions from that, which was really cool. And another really cool opportunity I had was to put my art in a shop here in San Diego. So actually having my art hang in a shop where people are moving through, there was a coffee shop in the space And so people would contact me saying, hey, I saw your art in this space. Um, And then, you know, they would have a project or some sort of, um, you know, request for me because they saw my art. And so I think having those two sort of avenues is good. Um, And so that's, that's basically where my traffic for my sales and my business and my commissions comes from is from Instagram and then just knowing friends and family, and then putting my art somewhere physically where people can see it and then get in contact with me. Um, 
So I would say if we're talking um, Instagram, I by no means think that I am an Instagram expert, but a few tips that I would have are be sure to share your process, which I think is really helpful for helping um, your followers and your fans get to feel connected to you and your artwork. If you think about like what you would want to see on Instagram, I don't think we all, we want to see only images of finished work, like beautifully finished images are really nice. But then I think also the process is really important because that helps people feel like they are part of your creativity. They're getting to know you and your work. They're getting to see it made. They're seeing your, you know, your love for the making process and um, your thoughts about making and the time and the steps that go into the finished product. I think that's really important to share. I think it's important to share your thoughts behind your creativity instead of just putting up images and saying like, here's a finished piece, guys, come and buy it. Like, I think sharing more your um, your passion and your excitement and your ideas and your inspiration and how art and your creativity fits into your daily life, just kind of making it a, real, a well-rounded story that helps your followers get to know you and get to be be connected to your artwork in a at a level that's more than just oh that's beautiful but I feel connected emotionally to it because I actually know the person who's making it in some way. That is my advice for Instagram is um like tell your story, tell the behind the scenes, show behind the scenes, talk about your art, and then just take as good of photos as you can. You have to start somewhere and you're going to get better. And so like if you scroll all the way down to the bottom of my Instagram feed, there are some pretty ugly photos down there because I was just doing the best I could. And then I invested in more time and more money into photography and the quality of my photos. I got a better camera. I hired a photographer a couple times to take beautiful studio photos. Um, I, I spend a lot of time editing my images. I actually import a lot of them into Photoshop on my desktop, edit them, send them back to my phone, think up captions to post. So I invest a lot of time, but I think it's important to give your art as beautiful a representation as you can, because that is a lot of what Instagram is about, is beautiful visuals, but then having the substance to kind of back up the visuals to um, create a deeper connection with the people who are interested in your work. Okay, so now I'm going to move into the just for fun questions. So Mary Frances asked, what other forms of art do you enjoy? So this was a really interesting question because I had to sit and think really hard about what other art I've actually done in a long time. I have not spent much time on other art forms other than painting in a long time because painting is just what I've spent all of my spare time doing. So I guess I would say maybe not art. I don't really do other like art forms, but I do enjoy like one-off crafty kind of things. So I, I like to think that if I was not painting all the time, I would probably be a big DIY person because (laughs) like most artists that I know, we are just 
really interested in a lot of different things, and it takes self-control to kind of focus our passion into one avenue, and we could probably be making all kinds of random things all the time, and I think that is totally me. Like, I have... One season, I painted my designs on little wooden pendants for necklaces, um, and that was really interesting and crafty. I even, for a second, thought about making the pendants out of clay and shaping them and baking them in the oven, and I did that for like a day, and then I was like, this is way too much work. (laughs) Then I got wooden pendants and started painting on them and thought, oh, this is a lot of work too. That's okay. I'm glad I tried it. I got really interested in making tassels one time. So I looked up on Pinterest to how to make yarn tassels and I made some jewelry with tassels. I, um, I have like painted furniture um, to sort of rehab the it so I could totally see myself being like a DIY, like refurbishing furniture person. Um, So I don't know. I think just lots of interesting crafty DIY things I'd be interested in trying a few times, but I don't know if any of them I've tried I could just do and do and do forever and just love it. Um, In college, I did do ceramics, and that actually was really fun. I took two semesters of ceramics and I hand built a lot because throwing on the wheel was so frustrating for me. I didn't spend enough time trying to get good at it. So I was like, hand building is the way for me. And I did lots of interesting mold making. And so I think, honestly, anything that uses my hands in a a really tactile way and I'm sort of manipulating some sort of material is really fun and interesting. So that's a really roundabout answer, but I would say that like all kinds of random crafty things I've tried, but I've never dedicated enough time to, to really get great at them. (laughs) I've spent my whole life painting and I think that is where all of my skill lies now. So the next question or the last question is from Emily and this is a fun one. She asks, what is your most favorite piece you have ever painted and why? So I had to think hard about this too, because I, I love like every painting that I make, which is funny sounding. I guess not because I made it. I love it. I finished it in the way that I'm proud of. So, but I think looking back, I think one piece was especially really exciting because it was so big. So a couple years ago, I did a commission that was four foot by four foot. And so it was the biggest painting that I've done in a really long time. I actually, I I think I've done one painting like back when I was fresh out of college that size, but it was in a totally different style. This painting was in my floral style and, um, You can probably see photos of it sprinkled around on my website and my Instagram account because I love that painting so much. And it was such a fun project. I had to go and buy bigger brushes. I had to think through like how to translate my painting style to a much bigger scale and get that same sort of look of the brush strokes, um, but larger. And so it was just a really fun, a really fun commission and The other part of that commission that was really special was though the clients that I was making it for, they just let me 
go wild. Like they were like, just make something. They had like maybe a couple flower types that they were interested in, but then they said, just do it in your style and we will love whatever you do. And that is music to my ears. If I could have, um, like every single commission I do have that, (laughs) my clients say that. And a lot of them actually do say that. Um, it's a dream to have somebody just say, like, we love what you do. We trust your creative instinct. Go for it. Um, that is super exciting. So I would say that really, really big floral painting was fun, and I want to do more. So I have to go out and get some huge canvases and go at it again because that was so much fun. Okay, and that wraps up the Q&A episode. Thank you guys so much for the questions that you sent in. I had lots of fun talking off the top of my head (laughs) trying to answer them. And I just want to say again, I so appreciate all of your love and support for the podcast. I've really got some, um, have received some sweet messages from you guys about how the podcast is um, making a difference in your art practice, is really inspiring you and helping you think through what you're creating and just even just keeping you company while you are doing things around the house or or painting and listening to it. That just makes me so happy. The podcast really is a labor of love. It takes a lot of time and a lot of thought and planning and editing and recording and uploading and designing time. And I do it all myself. And it just really means a lot to hear that it's making a difference in your lives. So again, if you have ideas or suggestions or things that you are curious or interested in hearing in season three, I would love to hear from you. So send me a message through my website or on Instagram or an email. I would love to hear from you. That is a wrap on season two of the podcast. So until next time, I hope that you'll continue in your own unique way to make, share, and grow. listening to Make Share Grow. You can keep up with the podcast and my artwork on my website, juliemarriottart.com, and on Instagram at juliemarriottart.com.